Hello, this is on the left side. I'm cooking some sausages and so I'm going to try and do this quickly. Hello, this is on the left side, the alternative football show and I'm Jim. If you are a regular listener, then make sure you've already subscribed to the podcast for free as it makes getting next week's episode as easy as persuading a goalkeeper who's a bit overweight to eat a pie on TV. It's been another crazy week in football. One of my favourite moments from the last seven days was courtesy of Cardiff boss Neil Warnock. The former Blades manager is well aware of his pantomime villain status in football and jokes during his appearance on goal on Sunday that when he finally pops his clogs, he wasn't bothered about the usual minute silence or minute applause. Instead, what he wants at every ground around the country is a minute booing. And it's simple, Neil. Just make sure that it coincides with an England match and you'll probably get the desired result anyway. Right, what's coming up on this week's show? It's Dilly Ding Dilly Gone in the East Midlands. Manchester City go goal crazy. And West Ham go back to their roots. But first, just one man trying to earn a crust. Don't you just love the magic of the FA Cup? In truth, in recent years, the amount of magic projected by England's Premier Cup competition has been comparable to Paul Daniel's output, and he's dead. So it's no surprise that this week, when footballing minnows Sutton United lined up against Premier League big boys Arsenal, the footballing world went crazy, with every news outlet on the planet convincing us that the outcome of this particular match was more important than Brexit, the US elections and the global economic crisis all rolled into one. Which I suppose it was. I mean, it was being played on a 3G pitch. Give me a break. We were treated to the full media coverage experience with everything from tours of the away dressing room to interviews with local shopkeepers to countless images of diehard, lifelong Sutton fans who hadn't even heard of the club seven days ago. We even had a celebrity fan dug out for good measure in the shape of professional pun machine gun Tim Vine, who shared his excitement on Talk Sport. When were you first attracted by Sutton United? It was an interview not unlike this. I mean, I mentioned that I supported England. They said, well, what about a club side? And I said, well, I've been to Sutton a couple of times. And mentioning <laughs> that on air somewhere, then immediately I became a Sutton fan <laughs> by default. Die-hard fan. Absolutely die-hard. To be fair, he did have the measure of the modern footballer, though. I just had a look round this morning. I had a look round the away dressing room. There is one plug in there. So for, when they come in and want to charge up their phones, they're going to be queuing. <laughs> I mean, talk about investment needed in grassroots football. One plug? I had no idea how bad things had got. Finally, the game got underway and Sutton gave a decent account of themselves when it could have been easy for them to be overawed by the game. Or, to use TalkSport's Sam Matterface's analogy... They haven't frozen, they haven't sat like rabbits in the uh, proverbial headlights or perhaps more pertinently here, a giraffe in the headlights. Ah, yes, that famous phrase, caught like a giraffe in the headlights. I like it. Jazzes up the old phrases a little bit. I'm going to use that along with my other favourite phrases like a rhino in the hand is worth two in a bush. People in glass houses shouldn't throw zebras. And my old favourite, never eat yellow snow leopard. But if I was Theo Walcott, I'd be feeling a little bit disappointed right now. He scored his 100th goal for Arsenal in that game and somehow got overshadowed by the not inconsiderable shadow of a man eating a pie. The unlikely hero and then villain, and then hero and then villain again of this pantomime, 
was Sutton United's reserve goalkeeper come groundsman Wayne Shaw, who's been dubbed the roly-poly goalie because of his 23-stone frame. To be fair, he is the groundsman of a club with a 3G pitch, so it's not surprising he's out of shape a bit. I mean, he's got bugger all to do. There was loads of focus on the keeper before the match. There were interviews with him in loads of newspapers. There was even the offer of a naked photo shoot from one national publication. The mind boggles. But his real moment in the spotlight came on the 83rd minute when TV cameras caught him tucking in to a mid-game snack. Wayne Shaw has decided that now is the time to get stuck into a pie. What would Arsene Wenger say? I think we know what Arsene Wenger would make of that, don't we? Honestly, during the game, I didn't see it. Here's the thing. It wasn't just Wayne tucking into a healthy and nutritious in-game snack to keep himself in his peak physical condition, because earlier that week, Sunbets, Sutton's sponsor for the game, had placed odds of 8-1 to on exactly that thing happening. It was a bit dodgy, and suddenly the world went mental. At best, the incident was a cynical publicity stunt from the bastion of all that is good and worthy, the sun. It devalued a footballing institution and it took attention away from the sterling work of the non-leaguers Sutton. At worst, it's the kind of betting dodginess that Joey Barton would be proud of. And it ended up in the keeper, come groundsman, come puppet of Rupert Murdoch, resigning from his role at the club. Sad times. This is a man who really cared about his club. Forget the goalkeeping side, he slept at the ground three days a week to make sure he could do his job properly. And now, all that's been lost because of what I like to think was an error of judgement on his part. But I am sure that will not be the last we hear from Mr Wayne Shaw. Even before it all blew up, he was talking about his next gig and a potential football switch from Sutton to Arsenal. What would it take to prize you out of Sutton to Arsenal? I think two more than the four you've got there. <laughs> the six Cornish pasties, you will sign for Arsenal. Definitely. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, mate. Given Arsene Wenger's willingness to dip his hand in his pocket for a transfer, I think six pasties is probably a bit steep. Maybe drop it to two pasties. Two pasties, a steak bake and a cheese and beans slice. Joking aside, I would put money on there being a fierce bidding war for the services of Wayne Shaw. The Pound Baker and Greg's The Bakery will both be willing to splash the cash to secure his advertising services over the coming weeks. So I'm sure he'll be fine. As for football, well, once again, it teaches us that life just is not fair. Eat a pie during a game, you lose your job. Steal millions of pounds from your employer, you spend 17 years as the boss of FIFA. One of the most remarkable footballing stories of the week was the decision of Manchester City and Monaco not to play any goalkeepers in their Champions League clash, which resulted in a veritable goal fest on Tuesday night. Really? What, were they just not allowed to touch the ball or something? (laughs) Yeah, he is a bit, isn't he? Okay, well, they were allowed to play goalkeepers, but there was certainly a lot of goals, proving that it is possible to have an interesting game of football in this country without one of the goalkeepers tucking into a mid-match pie. In fact, the goalkeepers might as well have tucked into mid-match pies for all the good they did on the day. 
Even before the game started, there was controversy as Man City players entered the Etihad Stadium on some kind of weird elevated catwalk, making it look less like a football game and more like some kind of Parisian fashion show. That's if all the models in the fashion show in question had previously gone on a shopping spree in JD Sports, looked like they'd rather be anywhere else in the world, and the main objective of the fashion show was to make people go, wow, those headphones are bloody massive. Hey, it's a great idea. Give the players a catwalk. Why not carry them in on bloody thrones? That should sort those massive egos out. I don't want to get bogged down in the game of football, but there were a lot of goals. A lot of goals. Even Red's reject Falcao got in on the act, scoring twice and thus scoring as many goals in Manchester for Monaco as he did for Manchester United. But for some, even an impromptu fashion show and an eight-goal thriller just isn't enough. Still, some people had to have a moan. Like Graham Souness. Or should that be Graham Sourness? Hmm? The former Liverpool boss Souness was only too keen to point out the negatives of the game, including Pep's arrogant team selection. No, three central midfield players, Silva, Turin, De Bruyne, not one has a defensive foot in his head. Now that sounds impressive. Football players with defensive feet on their heads. Clearly, Sunus has had a vision for the future where genetically modified footballers have extra feet on different parts of their body to fulfil different in-game objectives. Maybe it's something he's working on. Maybe he's teamed up with the Bond-esque supervillain that is Jurgen Klopp, who, along with the medical staff at Liverpool, are working on the next breed of super footballer. That said, given that this is the same medical team that's responsible for keeping Daniel Sturridge match fit, don't expect too much. The transfer window may be well and truly shut, but it's still been a week of comings and goings in football land. Well, stayings and goings anyway. Let's start with Wayne Rooney. The England captain had a proper paddy this week, supposedly saying that if he didn't get a game in this weekend's EFL Cup final, he'd piss off to China for a bit and he'd take his ball with him. Maybe he just wasn't feeling that loved. I mean, Jose said he wasn't that bothered if he stayed and Zlatan Ibrahimovic didn't seem too fussed either about him sticking around. First of all, as a person, he's fantastic. As a person, he's fantastic. Isn't that the kind of thing you say when you're trying to pair off your dodgy mate with a girl for a double date? He does smell of brie, he does have an unhealthy obsession with farm animals, and he does spit when he talks. But as a person, fantastic. So, headlines were written, agents were sent on scouting missions to China before Wayne finally released his big announcement. He was gonna stay in Manchester after all. I don't think it was ever in doubt. I've never met the man, but Rooney strikes me as the type of person who picks his holiday destination based on the availability of Heinz baked beans, Tesco bacon and a proper cup of tea. So I'm not sure China was ever a realistic destination, even if you did slap an obscene amount of cash on the table. What I did learn is that no one can pronounce the names of any of Chinese football's teams preferring to refer to the league as a whole instead of individual clubs. Let's start off with the one we have all been talking about, Wayne Rooney to the Chinese Super League. 
there is something that could lure Wayne Rooney to China, not just the amount of money. United's all-time leading goal scorer has had offers from several Chinese Super League clubs. I propose that from now on, we just refer to the teams in the league in the same way that we would food on a Chinese menu. By numbers. Well, you know something? Wayne Rooney could be looking at a potential transfer to a number seven, a number two and an egg fried rice. Much simpler. Rooney threatens to leave. Rooney gets what he wants, Rooney ends up staying. We've all been here before. While that drama was unfolding, there was even more important stories developing in the East Midlands. Just nine months after guiding Leicester City to a Premier League title, Claudio Ranieri was sacked by the board. This is the exact same board that only a week earlier put their full confidence behind the Italian when they said... In light of recent speculation, Leicester City Football Club would like to make it absolutely clear its unwavering support for its first team manager, Claudio Ranieri. I mean, sorry, my mistake. I didn't realise that in Thailand, unwavering support was a direct translation for already looking for a replacement, but maybe that'll be in my next lesson. At the beep, pause and then repeat. It's not been a year since they won the league. Jamie Vardy's celebratory blue wicket is still lukewarm and he's been booted out the door in the most dramatic fall from grace since Hillary Clinton decided to check her emails at home. I am not a natural politician, in case you haven't noticed. Everyone was shocked. You could sum up Twitter's reaction to the news in pretty much four words. Ah, oh, what the actual f***? What's perhaps most galling is it's rumoured Ranieri offered his resignation to the club a few weeks ago and it was rejected. And by sacking Leicester City's most successful ever manager, they've robbed Ranieri of all dignity from the situation. But his departure does leave us with a rather bizarre stat. For the last two seasons running, the Premier League winning manager has been sacked the following year. Antonio Conte must be bricking it. The truth is that if Ranieri had never won the league last season, he probably would have never been sacked this season. Essentially, he's been handed his P45 by the club for overachieving. Just thank God that he never ate a pie. And finally, they say that children are the future, unless you're Jose Mourinho, obviously. Well, whilst West Ham took the week off from doing any proper work, the Hammers put that theory to the test by sending manager Slaven Bilic and midfielder Mark Noble back to school to face their toughest interviewers yet. A bunch of kids. The results were predictably cute. My question is for Slav. Sorry. Any player in the world, who would you buy? There's one player that's of, that that I would maybe get before Messi. Me. That's that's Modric. Because <laughs> he's Croatian, obviously. Of course. And I got a discount. <laughs> get a discount. Bilic is really settling into East End life, isn't he? A bit of wheeler dealing. Nice one, son. It's a great idea. I'd much rather hear a bunch of kids asking questions to players and managers after a game than the usual scores of boring pundits asking, tell us about the goal and 
Did you think that was the right decision from the ref? And blah, 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 blah. In fact, I've already started training my young lad for such a role. He may only be three years old, but there is nothing like starting early, especially when you make it into a game. We're going to play football press conferences. <laughs> what question would you ask to head of FIFA Gianni Infantino? Who's better, Spider-Man or Batman? Okay. What question would you ask Sunderland manager David Moyes? Why do you rubbish? You can't score goals. You let, you, you let in too many goals. What would you say to Manchester United manager Jose Mourinho? Why are you so grumpy? You smell the poo-poo. Nana, nana. I've never got that close to him. Let me have my chocolate. Now that, my friends, is journalism. Great. I think we are done here. Thank you very much for listening to On The Left Side. Do remember that if you hit that subscribe button, you won't miss next week's episode. It will just drop into your inbox. It's the easiest way to get next week's episode, and it's absolutely free. I'm off to get a defensive foot on my forehead and turn up at the city training ground, because that's full time. Bye-bye. In light of recent speculation, Abrupt Audio Productions would like to make it absolutely clear its unwavering support for its presenter, James Salverson, and its producer, Anthony McGinley. I can confirm that next week's On the Left Side will not be hosted by Roberto Mancini. There's only so many ways you can hiss. Hiss. Entered the Etihad Stadium on some kind of weird elevated catwalk, making it look... Hello. Yes. Ah, OK. Leave this on. This will be great. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, OK. I'll, uh, I'll leave you to it then. Uh, do you want anything important? Uh, no, I was just touching base. Just seeing how I could wait roughly when you thought you were going to record. You're touching my base. Uh, cool. All right. Well, look, I'm in the car for a while, so um, just, uh, just hold it back whenever. All right, All right. cool. Well, I'll have, it, I'll have this done in about an hour, I reckon. I'll just record and edit and then it'll be with you. Bye. Bye.